Jeremiah chapter 2. Let's begin at verse number 9. With your children's children will I plead. Pass over the isles of Sittim and see, and send unto Kedar, and consider diligently, and see if there be such a thing. Hath the nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods, doth not profit? Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this. Be horribly afraid. Be ye very desolate, set the fountain of living waters, hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. By the help of the Holy Ghost this morning, just for a couple of minutes, I want to minister on this thought. I want to minister on holding on to the King of Kings. Holding on to the King of Kings. Let's put down our Bibles this morning. Let's lift up our hands and let's lift up our voices and let's call upon the name of the Lord. Dear God, we love you, Jesus. Opportunity, dear Lord, to stand in your presence. Dear God, and to call upon your holy name. Dear Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would be in this place. Dear God, we can do nothing without you. We need your anointing. We need your power. Dear Lord, we need you to come in this house like a rushing mighty wind. Oh, Lord, and pour out your spirit, dear God. Oh, Lord, we want you more than anything. We want your word. We want your purpose. We want your plan, Lord, to be accomplished in our lives. So we give you the glory. You can be seated this morning. Holding on to the King of Kings. As you read throughout the Bible, through the become begin to become familiar with you will find out that when you come into not even just major prophets but books like Exodus, Leviticus, and that Old Testament, you find out that God had a plan, He had a purpose for a people, for a nation. But the Bible says that God found them and loved them when they were not a people. Scripture tells us that he did not choose them because they were great, but because they were small amongst all of the other nations. They weren't much. We'll find out that when God got a hold of them, God beautified them. You'll see this to be true, and God explains where he found them. Or he begins to talk about their origin and where they came from and what condition he found them in. He used the image of a newborn baby that was not taken care of. That if you can imagine in your mind's eye, Baby has just been thrown out into the field, left there to die, not being taken care of, not being provided for, not in living. He says that's how 
I found the children of Israel. I found them in a, a bad condition, a bad state, that no eye pitied them. There was no one that showed compassion unto them. He said, and I saw you in your blood. He said, and I said to you, live. He's talking about the day that he, where he found them and what condition he found them in. And that, that God's not like man. And you'll find out that man shows no mercy. Amen. Man has no compassion. Amen. That man is not in humanity. Amen. To be merciful and to be compassionate and to show love. Amen. Only by the grace of God. Amen that we experience what true love is, amen, and what true compassion is. And the fact that God is a lie, amen, that lets me know that if God said it, it's going to come to pass. If God said, I'll be there for you, you can bank on him being there for you. If God said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, you can go through things, amen, when people walk out on you, amen, and when people ignore you, you, oh man, has walked away from me, amen. I have a word from the creator of heaven and earth, amen, that says he will never leave me and that he will never, God will always be there. Anybody happy about that this morning, that God is that committed and God is that faithful to you that when you are at your worst of worst, amen, and when you are at your lowest of lows, that everybody walks away from you, but there's a God that stick it out with you. I will hang in there with you. I am for you. I got your back when nobody else does. That should excite somebody this morning, amen. Hands up and lift up your voice that you have a word from a God that man may walk out on you, but I will be there in the rough times, in the hard times. I am committed to you. That when everybody else lets go of us, God holds on to us. To us. That God finding us in some pretty bad conditions. Some pretty bad, but I know where he brought me from. I know the condition that God found me in. I know the state that I was in when God found me. No hope, no joy, no peace, no happiness. When I was around friends and family, amen, I knew how to put on the smile, amen. Everything was good. I knew how to put on the facade, amen, and try somehow. Listen, you'll find out that when you get a word from God, amen, and not to make a certain decision in life, you'll find out that in refusing to hear God's word, amen, we think in our own minds that we somehow can reverse or prove God's word to be wrong, amen. Somehow we think that, you know what, 
I know that's the world, that's the counsel that I got, amen? But I believe that I can make this thing work out for my good. Can I tell you, God's word is forever settled in heaven. He didn't know it don't matter how much I try, it don't matter how much I labor, it will never come to anything because I am ultimately going against the word of God and what God's word says. Friend, can I tell you this morning, somebody got to have a made up mind. God, whatever your word is saying, I'm tied to my life. You can outmaneuver the word of God this morning. I got to have a made up mind. God knows what's best for me. And in putting this truth, and exactly what God's word said would happen, is happening. It is taking place. And people will try to hide it rather than admitting that I was wrong and that I made a horrible mistake, that God's word told me not to go down this path. God told me it was best in his, doing it his way. Amen. God's word told me. That he is the best option. Matter of fact, he's the only option, amen, because I'm not going to find happiness. No, The truth is, when I forsake the Lord, I will find misery. I will find disappointment. I will find letdown time and time again. But is there anybody that is tired, amen, of having to go through hardships and having to go through mis- of fortunes because of our time to have a made up mind. I'm coming back to the arms of the Savior. I'm returning back to my heavenly Father. I'm coming back to the King of, of Kings. Chapter 2. The Bible talks about a people that had forsook the one that was committed to them. They had turned their backs on the one that found them in that bad condition, that bad state they were in. And you'll find out that the Lord, rebellious and hard-headed, the Lord said, I will plead with you. He said, not only will I plead with you, but I'll plead with your children's children. And you our attention, amen, and trying to get us to a point, amen, where we will recognize just how far off we are. And that we would just recognize just how much we need him. Amen. You'll find out that in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 18, he tells them to come and let's reason together. Amen. Amen. Do you understand that God is all about working things out? Amen. With people. God is not in the business. Amen. Of allowing the offense to remain. All for my benefit. It's all for my good. I must understand this morning that it's not God that needs to change. There's nothing wrong with the King of Kings. There's nothing wrong with the Almighty God. If you find a fault with God, I promise you it's not true, amen. It's something that somebody's made up or created up, created in their mind. But who can testify that there's nothing wrong with God? That God is nothing but good. God has been nothing but great. He has been nothing but wonderful. He has been nothing but marvelous. Come on somebody. Has it been good to you this morning? You got breath. You got health. Amen. God has been good. 
going to find out that this good God begins to question. He begins to ask questions and try to figure out why they won't serve me. Why they won't be committed to me. Why they don't take pleasure in being a part of what is associated with me. It's in happiness and other things that will never satisfy and that will never fulfill. Look at what he says and look at the question that he asks. You'll find out that in this very chapter, in verse 5, listen to what he says. He says, thus saith the Lord. God asks, listen, perfect God is asking, what iniquity have your fathers found in me? That they are gone far from me and home with me. What fault, what wrongdoing have you and your fathers found in me? That you have left me, amen? You have turned your back on me. And you have gone after vanity and vain things. God is trying to figure out what that you are pursuing, what you are pursuing. Can I tell you, friend, I want God to know this morning, amen, that I'm satisfied with you, Lord. Enough for me, amen. In one place, he asked the question, what more could I have done? Can I tell you, I want to know that God has done enough for me. Come on, tell it don't get no better than an almighty God coming down from heaven, amen, robing himself in flesh and going to a cross, amen, shedding his blood for my sins, amen, for our sins, for our debt, amen. It gets no better than that. And I'm going to tell you, that alone motivates me. Who forsakes God? As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. It don't matter who don't show up to church. I'm coming to church. Amen. You know why? Because God has been good. God has been great. God has been wonderful. I'm not basing what I do on nobody else. Amen. I'm basing on the fact that has been good. God has been good. There is no iniquity in him. He said, what have they found in we live in a world that does its best to try to find fault in God. We live in a world that makes up excuses on why not to serve God. And why not to obey his word. And why to neglect the things of God. But as for people, amen, that has had an encounter Lord, amen, there shouldn't be any fault, amen, that we try to find in God. Amen. There's nothing wrong with God. There's nothing wrong with his word. There is nothing wrong with his word. And there is nothing wrong with his church. Amen. And can I tell you, I'm glad to be a part of, of the church of the living God. I know where I was. I was out. I was lost. I was all alone. Amen. But thanks be to God. Amen. That found me at my lost of lows. Amen. Make me clean. He called me. Amen. With righteousness. Amen. 
amen, and he brought me into his house. There's no other place that I'd rather be on a Sunday morning than in the house. So he says, I will plead with you and your children, your children's children. Listen to what he begins to say, because he begins to use other nations to teach them, to try to teach them. He says, how the nation changed their gods. Which I think about that. A nation that would remain faithful and committed to gods that are not and cannot provide for them, cannot heal them, cannot set them free. You know what that's likened to? That's likened to people that have put their trust in their stock in things, amen, that will never satisfy and that will never make them happy and that will never fulfill them. But you, here's the crazy thing about it, that people, but they poured all of their energy into that it does not satisfy. So you know what they do? They don't stop doing it, amen. They do it more and more and not fulfill what they have need of. They remain committed to it, amen. But here I am, the creator of heaven and earth, amen. Here I am, amen, the giver of life, amen. Here I am, the one that is able to heal your body and heal your troubled mind. The one that is able to turn your life around for the turn you have forsaken your glory. Somebody got to have a made-up mind. I know that God is the best thing for me. I know that his word is the best thing for me. That is worthy to be magnified. That is worthy to be honored. That is worthy to be lifted up. Listen, God is worthy of my praise this morning. God is worthy of my attention this morning. God is worthy of everything that I have this morning. nation. They hold on to their gods. Do you know that worship asterisk? You know, they were committed to those false gods. They were committed. They really believed them. The Philistines, as they took the Ark of the Covenant, they captured it, and they sat it in front of their God, which was Dagon. It says that they came back the next morning, and Dagon was flat on his face. And so you know what they did? They propped him up. Amen? I don't want a God that I have to set up. Amen? How many know that we don't have to help the God, amen, that we serve? Amen? How many know that all power is in his hand? Amen? How many know that he is the creator of heaven and earth and that he doesn't need no help? He doesn't counsel with anyone. So that gets rid of that trinity thought of his name is Jesus. He don't need your help. He don't need my help. Amen. He's been doing it for a long time and he knows what he's doing. How many can testify for a long time? He's been providing. He's been healing. He's been meeting my need for a long time. And I believe that he continually will. They had to pop old Dagon back up. 
they come back in the next morning. His hands are cut off. And it wasn't that long before they became acquainted with the one true living God. God struck them with something so painful. Dumb. What have we taken upon ourselves? See, because I'm going to tell you something. God is not pleased when people disrespect him. Amen. God is not pleased when he is handled in any kind of way. Amen. God wants to understand. God wants us to understand that he is worthy of reverence. He's worthy to be praised lightly. Amen. I got to stand in awe. I cannot be powerful. I cannot be arrogant. I cannot be lifted up. But I got to do what the scripture says. And God to be upset because I think that I'm greater than him. No, friend. I'm not. I don't even compare to who he is. Amen. I'm nothing but dust. Amen. And I'm going back to that dust. But he is the creator of all. He knows the beginning to the end. Amen. There is no limit to his knowledge. And they were committed to their gods. But he said that my people have changed their glory. He's saying that they have swapped me. They have swapped me out for that which will not profit them anything. That which will not bring them anything. He calls the heavens, amen, to take note of what is happening. He calls the heavens amazed, to be astonished, to tremble at such a thing. Then he goes on in the famous scriptures that I'm sure that we've all have read, people have committed. And he said they are two. The first one is that they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And the second is they have hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Can I tell you the first one, amen? He is the one, amen? Can I tell you that it's able, amen, to give me what I have need of? He's the one that is able to quench that thirst. It was obvious that that woman was thirsting for something that was real and that could satisfy her and that could fulfill the need that she had. She had tried man after man, relationship after relationship, and they had all fell apart, amen. But one day, amen, she can, amen, and she met there sitting there, the fountain of living water that told her, hey, if you only knew who it was that were asking you of water, was in the house this morning, and who is able to satisfy my thirsting soul, my longing soul. Can I tell you, his name is Jesus, and Jesus is able to do for me what no relationship can. Jesus is able to do for me what no amount of money can. Jesus is able to turn my life around. Fountain of living water. They forsook. It's not a new thing because people want the one that can satisfy. The one that can fulfill the thirst in their soul. 
They turned their back on him for money. Amen. They stopped pursuing God as they pursue all of the trinkets of this world. Amen. Listen, that will perish and that will burn. And that will amount to nothing. I believe that God, through his way to get a hold of us, and that he is trying to help us to understand what is important. I've always said, there's nothing wrong with trying to do good. And I forsake the source, amen, of it all. Somebody got to recognize that Jesus is the source, amen. He is the source of my joy. He is the source of my happiness. He is the thing that I got, amen. Amen. It came from Jesus. Amen. And so if I hold on to Jesus, everything else is going to be all right. Everything else is going to line up in my life the way that it should. He stands there on that day of that great feast. All you that are thirsty. He said, come. He said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This is that he was speaking of the Holy Ghost that had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. He had not yet been crucified and yet. He hadn't been glorified yet, but he was telling them that there is something, amen, that only I can give, amen, and that it will quench that thirst that is in your soul. Can I tell you that my life has never been the same since I got the Holy Ghost? There was an emptiness. There was there was a thirst. But can I tell you, friend, since I've got the Holy Ghost, that emptiness has been filled. That void has been filled. And, oh, Lord, fill me all over again. I didn't come casually in the house of the Lord. I came like it might be my very last chance. This might be my very last opportunity. So I want to make the best of it. They forsook that all my are forsaken that same God today. And what they are doing that they are trying to find their own way. Find happiness all by themselves. They're trying to fill the void and the emptiness all by themselves. They're trying to dig out their own relationships. They're trying to dig out, amen, their own opportunities that they hope that there's some kind of peace some kind of joy and some kind of fulfillment that I have in need of. They're digging out. Salvation, you'll find out people are trying to dig it out themselves. They're trying to be saved by their own, amen, works. And by their own deeds, amen, how many know that our righteousness is nothing more than filthy rags? How many know that we can't save ourselves, amen? 
and we could save ourselves, he would have had to come down and come in the flesh. Amen. We would have done it. Amen. How many know that I can't get into the sheepfold by myself? Amen. How many know that if I try to get in any other way, I'm nothing but a thief of God when I'm trying to get to heaven by my own deeds? But if I'm going to get into the sheepfold, I got to understand that I got to come through the door and I must recognize that Jesus is the door. How can I get through the door? How can I get through the sheepfold if I'm forsaken the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? How can I? On the one that can save me. It's impossible. I can't save myself. In the eyes of God, without him. For me to try to be saved without him. It's an evil thing when I don't rely on him and when I don't trust in him and when I turn my back and say, you know what? I got a better way of doing it. I got a better plan. I'm going to dig this thing out myself. I'm going to try, I'm going to go, I'm going to, listen, I'm going to do this thing myself. And, and watch, you'll see, I'll I, I, I have that relationship that I've longed for. I, I'll have that career that I've longed for. And, and that I'll, I'll have broken up. It ain't nothing more than broken cisterns. It'll never satisfy them. It'll never fulfill them. They'll never be happy. They'll never be full of joy. Somebody got to recognize that my happiness is in the king of kings. And my joy is in the King of Kings. Somebody got to know that my salvation is in the one true living God. I want to latch on to him. I want to hold on to him. I want to grab a hold of what he is providing, what he is giving out, what he is trying. He tells us, just not over the plan. Thank the Lord. He tells us that what they have done is ample before us. Because you'll find out that he asks the question, is Israel a servant? Is he a home-born slave? Why is he scorned? God's vision to turn away from me and to forsake me has led them into captivity. It has caused them to be spoiled. It has caused for them to be, that's what that word spoil means. It's not talking about the way that food would spoil, amen. It's talking about them being taken captive, amen. He's saying that the things that they are them to captivity. Can I tell you that without God, I'm nothing more than in bondage and in chains and in our slave to this world. I'm a smile. Jesus has set me free and I want to remain free. How many are glad? How many remember the day that it broke the chains off of your life? How many remember the day that it broke the chains off of your mind? How many got a made up mind? that Jesus delivered me and I want to stay delivered. I don't have an interest in going back. Into that. I don't have an interest in being chained up and locked up. But I want to be able to lift up my hands. I want to be able to lift up my voice. I want to be able to leap for joy. I want to be able to praise the Lord and give God the glory that he deserves. 
Because he's worthy to be glorified. He's worthy to be magnified. He's worthy of all of the praise and all of the honor. And I don't want to forsake that God. I don't want to turn my back on that God. I want to stay as close as I possibly can. I want to latch on to him. I want to keep my hands in his bit about him. Amen. Yeah, I don't want to have that attitude. Yeah, God is good. No, friend, I want to say it like I believe it. God is good. God is great. God is greater to be praised. You know, sometimes I can be a little casual with it, but I don't want to be a casual with it. If I'm excited about God, what God has done in my life, I'm excited this morning. Amen. I'm happy this morning. I come to lift up my hands and lift up my voice and let the devil know you will not cause me a Sunday morning. It may be raining outside, but God is still good. I'm glad that I'm in the house of the Lord to praise his name. God, this rain, amen, can cause us to want to crawl in a bed somewhere. Friend, it's, it's storming outside, but God is good. Things are going wrong in the world, but God is good. God is good to those that will have a made-up mind that I'm going to stick it out with him, amen, that I will not try to figure it out on my own. I will not try to look for another option. I will not try to look for another way to go. Can I tell you this is the best way? God is the only way. And there is no fault in God this morning that I can find. Amen. I don't want to start talking about what being in God with people. And you got to understand that God is worthy to be glorified. God is worthy to be magnified. God has been nothing but good to me. Amen. I find no fault in him. Amen. I find no problem with him. No problem with how he does things. It's good. He says that they, my people, have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. And hold no water. God is saying what they are drawn from and what they're trying to pull from. It's broken. It's a broken thing. We must realize that we're living in a broken world. It's a broken system that will never Never bring about any good. That's what God is able to produce. It'll never, listen, this world promised people a whole lot. And it doesn't hold to the And all it is is to get people far away from God as he possibly can. And then he's going in for the kill. Now he's going to tear things apart. He's going to ravage, amen? He's going to pull apart. That was his whole purpose. That was his whole plan. The whole people as far off from God. To get people to believe in his lies long enough where they will begin to turn their backs 
on the one true living God and their rituals, amen, and the things that they were all caught up in. They believed that stuff, and they got all wrapped up in it and all entangled in it. And it caused them to turn their backs on the one true living God. Today, the devil is telling people, listen, you don't need to go to church. All You don't need church. All you need is a relationship. You don't need to live like that. You don't need to be that committed to be saved. You can be swans before God came into my life. But somebody got to have a made-up mind and tell the devil, I've allowed you to talk long enough to me, but all you are saying is nothing but lies. The Word already tells me you ain't nothing but a liar, and you are the father of lies. Can I tell you, I cannot by empty the mind that God is good, that God is great, that even when I don't understand, God is still good for me. Amen. His word is still good to me. And God is back on me. Judas, the sixth Lord, what what a cheap Thing to sell God out for. But he sold him out to silver. And here's the thing that I must pay attention to. And I must get the spirit of the book in what God is tempting people with. And when people give in to that temptation and turn their backs on God, they find out very quickly. It wasn't worth it. What they thought it was going to be and the joy that they thought it was going to bring in their life, it was a lie. Do you know that I can learn that from the Word and not have to experience it? Do you know that I don't have to lose my God to learn? And it helps us with everything that we will ever experience in this life. It has the answer for it. Esau came back. He came back wanting the blessing. But it was too late. He had all, listen, his heart had already been what he really thought about it. It had already been revealed. And all throughout the scriptures, there were always you're that rich man that had everything in this life, but he was bankrupt in the life to come. And then he lifted up his eyes. Then, what, listen, how horrible it is, wait to lift up your eyes then. Friend, I want to, while I'm in the land of the living, friend, I want to do what the psalmist said, and I want to lift up my eyes while there is breath. Amen. 
and recognize where my help comes from. See, that rich man must have thought his help came from his own doing, amen. But I know that I didn't get here on my own, amen. I know I didn't get what I have on my, got what I have on my own. So I want to lift up my eyes while there is breath in my body unto the hills. Can I tell us our help comes from the Lord this morning, the maker of heaven and of earth. I don't want to wait until it's too late. I want to lift up those hands now and give God praise now and magnify him now and and submit myself to him now, to his will now. They waited. They waited until it was too late. That were very important. As they turned their backs, no doubt, thinking that there was something better out there. Judah than the birthright, and inherit a great inheritance. Those five foolish virgins, the Bible says, they never took the oil. Friend, you want to take the oil. You don't want to leave without the oil. You want to take the oil, and you want to remain full of the oil because it's going to take us up out of here. Amen? That's what's going to catch us up out of here. Amen? And anybody, I don't know, anybody want to go with Jesus when he comes back? Anybody want to be a part of that? Lift up my hands. I got to lift up my voice. I don't know. He might come back today. Amen. And if he does, I want to be ready, friend. I want to listen. I want to be resurrection ready. You hear me? I don't want to win that trumpet sounds when the dead rise out of that grave. And if I'm still here, friend, I want to be caught up in the sound of resurrection ready. But I got to have the oil. I got to have a man. Of mine. I'm holding on to the King of Kings. I'm not letting go of him for nothing. No amount of money. I'm here to stay. I don't have nowhere else to go. There is no other option for us. Let us stand this morning. When you see how God is just really trying to work things out with people, he's really trying to work it out. The Lord is asking God, like God, this is how you know that God is merciful. This is how you know that God, even in the Old Testament, God is not in the business of just judging and destroying. God is really trying to talk some sense into people. Can you imagine, wrap your mind around a God that is perfect, that is holy? Can you wrap your mind around a God that is asking, what fault have you found in me? What iniquity? You know, if God was just how some people try to make him out to be, he would have just judged them. But God, the Bible tells us, is not willing that any should perish, but that all 
should come to repentance. If God is talking to you like that, God is trying to get you to a place where you will repent. He's not just talking to talk. He's trying to get through to me. He's trying to get me to a place where I lift up my hands, open up my mouth, and confess my faults. God said, what, what problem do you find with me that you turn over and pursue things that will never fill you and that will never satisfy you? It'll only cause you to want more. It'll also drugs, amen, alcohol, illicit relationships that only leaves them more empty than they were before. to get up the next day and do it again. There are some people that are over tonight, this morning, because of how they lived the night before. And it is slowly they'll be right back at it. And God is saying people are pursuing things that can't benefit them, can't help them in it. Here I am, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and I can't get nobody to commit to me. Here I am, the one that can save and deliver and set free and, get, and change lives for the good. Listen, and you write your name down in heaven. And you're telling me that I have a hard time. There's nothing but good in him. I can't get your all. I can't get all of your heart. I can't get every part of you. You still got a little bit reserved for other things. You still got a little bit of your heart reserved for the things that you should have had let go of a long time ago when I stepped. I want to come this morning with my hands lifted and my voice raised. Let God know you don't have to do anything else, Lord. You've done enough to be sold out to you and dedicated to you. Lord, there is nothing that can come along, Lord, and get in between you and me, Lord. There is no person. There is no amount of money. There is no thing. There is nothing, Lord, that can come and convince me, Lord, to turn my back on you. Maybe somebody came in here. I had their best. Struggling a little bit. Contemplating. There is a God that is telling me this morning what he is promising, what the enemy is promising. It'll never profit. Never satisfy. Matter of fact, it'll lead me into being enslaved. It'll lead me to being tangled up and tied up in chains where I can't have no peace and no joy. Raging storm constantly where I can't think straight. As I've opened myself up to all kinds of unclean, the mistakes of this people, this nation. And I am the fountain of living water. I'm the one that can quench your thirst. 
I know you think you can do it on your own. I know you think you can blaze your own trail. But truth be told, it's not in man to direct his own way. It's not in me to lead him on heaven and earth. I need to give, give him my hand and allow him to lead me down the right path. Let us come this morning. Let us come with our hands down here. Lift up your hands and lift up your voice. Close your eyes and ask God to fill me with the Holy Ghost. You, God, is trying to get a hold of you at a young age. God is trying to deal with you. God is trying to work in your life. Lift up your hands and lift up your voice and say, Lord, I'm here, God. I'm here, Lord. I'm a willing vessel. Nobody has to make me, Lord. I'm coming willing, Lord. And I'm giving myself to you. I'm giving all of my heart to you. God, help me to keep my eye of you. Help me to remember you, Lord, in the days of my youth. Come on. Lift up your hands and lift up your voice. Come on, adults. Lift up your hands. Come on. Let's usher in the presence of the Lord in this house. We love you, Jesus. We believe in you, Jesus. We come to lift up our voice to you, Lord. We come to lift up our hands to you, Lord. We want to stray away from you, Jesus. We don't want to protect you, Jesus. We don't want to dare try to figure things out on our own, Lord. We know that you are our own. And we give you the glory. We give you the glory.